Hello, friends. Welcome to Success for Whole Ass Humans. I'm your host, Shari Bellucci, success strategist and well being coach for entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, activists, and thought leaders. I'll be your guide as well as your companion along the journey to cultivating a life grounded in your version of success while navigating the ups and downs that come with living a life as a whole ass human. We're often all going through such similar experiences and yet we still feel isolated in them. I've created this space because I know that there's power in having our experiences normalized and how deeply transformative it is to know that you are not alone. If you're going through an experience that's challenging or complex in your life or business and your brain has hit a wall, I want this to be the space that helps you open up that dialogue and conversation with yourself so you can explore and look at things in a way that ultimately helps you feel better and lighter. Like all of my content, my intention is not to present a one-size-fits-all solution, but to offer you possibilities to help you move through the stuckness so you can truly embrace your identity as someone who gets to create wild success, whatever that means for you, while being a whole-ass human. Let's dive into today's episode. Something you've probably heard me say quite a bit is that creating success requires as much inner work as outer action. And this is just something that I believe is so fundamental to entrepreneurship and creating higher and higher levels of success as you scale your business to different levels of income, to different levels of impact, different levels of scale. But I think it can get very diluted because so many people talk about the importance of mindset and we know those things intellectually. But today I want to bring you a case study and a little bit of a coaching in action example of how I coach some of my clients through this, what this looks like in different contexts so that you have the tools and the insight to be able to apply this to your very own business, to your very own contexts and situations so that you can move through the real shit and solve the right problem. And so the client example I'm going to share with you today is very much a case of both the inner work and the outer actions were part of what we needed to do. And so I'm just going to set up this situation by kind of talking about like the problem that was showing up for this client. I'll talk about how we got kind of underneath this pattern, this belief, this thought to figure out what was actually going on there. And then I'll talk about kind of how I coach this client to move through it and how we resolved the problem that was coming up in this particular case. And so this client was a six-figure entrepreneur. They were preparing for a launch of their program that they had launched a couple of times before. And the problem that they were facing really was just that their brain was handing them a very binary way of thinking and a lot of anxious thoughts were coming up, right? So they had had success launching this program in the past. They had kind of gotten over that first launch hump where you're like, I have no idea how this is going to go. Is anyone going to sign up? I have no idea. Let me prepare for failure and disappointment, but also being able to blow this out of the water, right? Once you get a couple launches under your belt, you kind of start to develop these unintentional benchmarks of possibilities of what those outcomes can look like for you. But obviously when you launch multiple times, you also get to see that as much as there are benchmarks and baselines. It's also like every launch is new. Every launch looks different. Maybe more people enroll at the beginning of your cart period 
on one launch and the next launch people enroll at the last 48 hours, or maybe it like trickles in the cadence and patterns of each launch kind of had their own unique flavor. And so it can feel like there's a huge range of variability with a launch. With this particular client, that wide window of possibility was feeling really intense. And her brain was basically telling her that either she was going to fucking blow this launch out of the water, that she was going to far exceed demand and then have to figure out how to handle the over demand. Or sometimes her brain would hand her fears around no one signing up, around really not being able to hit her sales and revenue goals, and kind of some, some launch jitters and fears around that. And so it was very much this fear of the worst case scenario in terms of no one signing up, which is probably a thought and fear she was used to overcoming, right? Because that thought never quite goes away. I think it just gets less intense the more often you do it. But there's always a little bit element of doubt when you're doing something that feels scary, right? And so that I think she had learned to tune into, but the thought that was kind of new at this level for her, that now that she had created some real foundations and baseline revenue in her business, right, was what am I going to do if this really like explodes and how am I going to handle that over demand? How am I going to be able to like prevent myself from shutting down or like being overstretched and overextended by that, right? So this client was launching a program that did have a cap number of spaces in it. And the wait list that she had far exceeded the demand for the number of spots available by like 10 plus times. And this was just the wait list, right? So there's also the public launch period where you never know who is going to buy in the public launch period. And so there was a very real element of her demand was far exceeding the amount of spaces that she had. And so we kind of noticed that the problem that was showing up was worrying about what the results of the launch was going to be. And this feeling of not being in control of there being too many possibilities and that feeling really anxiety inducing. And so the way that I started to coach this client and kind of like walk through getting to what was really going on underneath there was I started asking her where these thoughts and feelings like started to show up for her. So like, was it showing up for her at certain periods of the day? Was it showing up when she was going to like do her launch prep tasks? Was it showing up before bed? Like, was there a certain pattern to when she noticed that her brain went into this anxious pattern of, I have no idea how the launch is going to turn out. I need to figure out like what's going to happen here. I don't feel in control. Like when was that popping up? And then figuring out like, what is it about not being in control of the launch results that felt so unsafe? Like what was what was her particular brain handing her around why that was making her feel so scared, so anxious, so unsafe? And so what I think is really cool here is when we ask those questions, it helps point us to what's going on uniquely with us instead of just taking that at a mindset level problem, right? If we think, oh, like this client is not in control, we need to focus on helping her feel in control and figuring out how to make peace with the uncertainty, right? Like that's that's kind of the route one might take if you took it at the face value. But by probing just a little bit deeper, we got to see like, what are actually the places that need to be tweaked here? And where is her brain 
making the connections between what's happening and what feels scary, right? Because another client could be really excited by the openness of the possibility and really expanded by the idea of selling out and having to like turn people away. And so there was clearly a connection that this client's particular brain was making where this did not feel safe and this was really being perceived as a threat. So what we did is we we asked those questions about where that feeling was showing up and why it felt so unsafe and what it actually came down to were two really important things. One thing was this client um, had a cap number of spaces, but her software didn't have a way of capping it out. So whenever she opened the doors and opened enrollment, she would have to manually shut down enrollment. And so the fear that was coming up there was like, well, what if like 20 people sign up and I only have like 10 spots? Am I going to have to refund people or like let people know that it's actually sold out? Or am I going to have to find like an extra 10 spots for people? Like really there was that fear of there's so much wiggle room here. And if this happens at a time where I'm not available at my computer, like it happens overnight or it happens when I'm away from my desk, how, how am I logistically going to handle that? Or do I even not need to worry about it? Should I just like believe and trust that I can figure it out? This is all the thing that that my client's brain was handing her, right? And so there was that element of the practical logistics kind of feeling uncertain. And there was this other thing that I'll talk about in a second. So part of it was this client didn't even give herself permission to really see that as a full issue and thought that she had to mindset her way out of that. And so part of it was like, okay, practical solution, aka outer action is like, can we just take a little bit of time to find a system that might support capping the quantity? This client did have very real reasons to believe that she could far exceed her goal and she could do it in the early enrollment period. And so it kind of made sense to plan for that versus like, this being a really slim chance in her brain, just having a field day, it was like, actually her brain was just reacting to what was actually a potential problem or situation to be solved here, which was that like her wait list was 10 times as big as the number of spots she had. And she also knew that like people sign up all times of day and that she's not at her computer. So having to manually shut that down <laughs> is, is something that weighed on her. And so we knew that she could just spend some time researching whether her current platform would allow her to do that or asking her VA to help her research some other platforms. And we decided like, even if it was a little bit more expensive and it's like an extra $50 to sign up for a new platform or payment checkout, it would be worth the mental peace of mind that it was going to give her back in terms of being able to handle that demand and not have to deal with the messiness of overselling. So that was like practical number one. And so we talked through that and then it was like, okay, cool. So if we have this plan in place, is there still an element here where there feels like I'm not in control and is it external or is it internal, right? Are you worried about like people banging down the doors and like them being really disappointed if they can't get a spot or having to refund them or, or any of that, or is there something else going on? And really what it was, was that my client could very practically see that there were many ways to handle excess demand, but she did not trust herself to follow through on them. And she was worried about her ability to execute on those things. And so really this was an internal limit that she was hitting around feeling out of control. And she was like, I know practically that, you know, if 
more people sign up, like I can issue refunds. That's no problem. I can let people know, like, those are all steps that are on the table. I could set up a second cohort. There are many ways, but what this client had done is she was linking other instances in her business where she set a boundary for herself and she had breached that boundary. And so she had eroded some of the faith that she had in her own abilities to stand in those actions that sometimes felt hard to do. And so part of the way that we decided to move through this and the way that I coached my client to kind of rebuild that trust and be able to like get her brain on board with the fact that she is capable of this, right? Is we started by identifying what her core activators were and what things made it more likely and more tempting for her to self-betray, right? So for, um, I'm not going to use this client's particular triggers just for, for confidentiality purposes here, but for instance, let's say one that's really common for a lot of people is like money, right? Um, financial instability and fear about finances and how that's going to turn out. And then another one could be fear of how people are going to perceive you in terms of like being really ruthless or like, who does she think she is? A lot of that like judgment, right? So let's say if there's a situation where someone feels they're going to be really judged and fear of judgment causes them to self-betray or financial instability, the promise of money causes them to self-betray. Like we identified what those things were that would make her specifically more likely to break her own boundaries. And then what we did is we kind of tapped into this other part of her, right? Because there was obviously a part of her that was like, I fucking want to sell this out. I'm like really excited by this expansion. I know I can hold this. I know I can do this. And there was also this other part of her brain that was like, but sometimes you go back on your word and like, what's going to happen if, if the demand is so overflowing, like, I don't want to shut down my nervous system. I don't want to like feel so overwhelmed. Right. There was very much this, like both sides speaking together. And so what we did is we kind of like talked to the part of her that that really believed in her abilities, the part of her that wanted this and that knew the deeper truth and had that rounded perspective. And we asked that part of her for some, some alternative perspective on those same issues. So like if the common thought pattern and temptation was like, you know, um, money is tight. So I need to go ahead and prioritize revenue over my capacity for visibility, right? Like I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity, even though I know that it's going to like stress me out and, um, and overwhelm the space on my calendar, right? What, what the brain is doing there is prioritizing that financial stability and really playing off of that, like scarcity mindset. And when we asked the deeper part of her, like it gave her an alternative perspective. So in this example, it could be like, you make the most money when you feel good. Right. So maybe that's like a version of your truth. And, and again, this is why it's so important to do this in a personalized one-on-one setting, because the part of you that feels expansive is going to have an answer that you're going to be able to resonate with. So for this particular client, right her higher self, her inner wisdom, the part of her that believed, whatever you want to call it, gave her some 
good things to ground into as truth as alternate perspective for when like that primal part of her brain that wanted to self-betray would come up. And then what we did after that is we spent a little bit of time just finding evidence to feed the brain that she has done this before and to almost counteract the thought that her most common tendency was to self-betray, right? Because she absolutely had instances where she, she did go back on her own word or breached her own boundaries, but she also had instances where she did what was good for her and that she chose the thing that was like, maybe not most, I don't want to use the word practical, but almost like most in line with the stories that her brain had. And she picked the thing that was actually going to serve her. And so what we did is we just spent a little bit of time thinking about those specific instances to intentionally feed the brain evidence that this is something that she has done, she has been capable of doing, and she's capable of coming back to that choice and doing that again, as opposed to like where the brain really likes to go is like black and white, your problem, this is a problem, you don't know how to do this well. And it's like, you may not do this perfectly, but you are capable of doing this. And the fact that you've done this is evidence that you can do it again, right? That's a really different place for your mindset to be and to give you more of that like confidence and start to reestablish that trust with yourself is like, actually, I am capable of doing this. And here are some instances where I have done it. And so I can draw on the strength of that version of me that's done it and invite that person to the table during this launch, right? And invite that person to take up more space and that version of me to really be in the driver's seat around this. And so I wanted to share that example with y'all today, because again, there was a very practical element here of she also needed a tech system that wasn't going to put her nervous system in this position where it like had an extra thing to worry about. And we could almost like close that loop from a practical standpoint by finding the right tech system that could limit the capacity. So she wouldn't have like an overflow of enrollments and refunds to deal with if that happened. But also beyond that, there was a much more important part of the puzzle here and what I really wanted to do by deconstructing this is show you that sometimes what our brains initially hand us as the mindset issue isn't all that's going on. There's actually a lot of layers beyond that that are part of the inner work here. And that's obviously why I'm such a big advocate of one-on-one -on -one coaching is because it can be really difficult to see our own patterns and to be able to deconstruct the different pathways that our brain is taking to arrive at that. I absolutely think you can do it. And this is why a lot of people have like writing practices and journaling practices that can be really useful. And so if you're doing this yourself, I really invite you to like, think about like, what is the thing that my brain is handing me, but then take it a couple layers deeper and think about, but why does this feel like a problem, right? Because our brains can hand us a million different things, but it's the meaning that we're interpreting behind that thing, right? So in this case with the client, it was, oh my gosh, there's a thousand ways this launch could go, right? Like I said earlier, like one client could be really excited and expanded by that. And another client could feel really overwhelmed and depleted by that. And there's a whole spectrum in between, right? So you have to figure out what links are your, is your particular brain making and how can we soothe or rewire those links so that it actually supports the outcome that you want? And with this particular client, what we had to do is realize that like 
this was actually not an external fear of not being in control. It was an internal fear of how am I going to be able to trust myself to take the actions that I can see are on the table? How can I reestablish that that's possible so that now I'm not as afraid of running at that expansive opportunity? I don't have to feel like I'm contracting over this thing that, you know, one of the things that she said repeatedly was like, this is such a good problem to have. A year ago, I was worried about signing clients and now I'm worried about like over exceeding demand, I can see how this is like such a good problem to have. And it's like, yes, of course, it's a great problem to have. And I think it's really important to maintain that perspective, right? Because it's so easy to continue expanding and growing and forget where you came from and almost not give yourself credit for how different of a place you are in now. But it's also still a real activator for you. It still feels really intense in this experience, even if it's a good problem to have. And so part of what you need to do there is figure out what's actually going on. What are, what are the links that my brain is actually making and how can I unwind those in the way that's solving for what's actually going on at the root level here, instead of just working on it at the symptom level. Or even worse, like trying to deal with all of these things that aren't actually it, right? Trying to like create more control in the launch or trying to create a launch strategy that gives you more control or predictability or give you a business model that gives you more predictability, right? This is what so many entrepreneurs do early in business is like we try to solve emotional problems through strategy and action. But what you can do when you just slow down enough to separate the outer action and the inner work is you can see where each of them have a role and you can solve for them accordingly. But even in the scenario with my client, while there was outer, outer action required, it was also a very small percentage of what was actually going on and driving those feelings of anxiety, of overwhelm, right? Of that like energetic contraction. And so there was a lot more inner work required there to hold this level of success. And so I hope this really served you. I hope this case study kind of gave you some things to sink your teeth into around this concept of how creating wild success is really about that harmony between the inner work as much as it is about the outer actions. And I hope you can apply this into your business this day, this month, this week, this year, and let me know how that lands for you. Thank you for listening to Success for Whole Ass Humans. If you enjoyed this episode or have found this podcast valuable in your business journey, please leave us a review so that more people can find us and we can keep spreading the message that we get to be whole ass humans and create wild success. If you want to connect with me more, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Shari Bellucci, and I will see you all next time.